My name is David Charles Grush. I was an intelligence officer for 14 years, in the, both in the U.S. Air Force, uh, both active duty Air National Guard and Reserve. There has been a lot of talk about UFO whistleblower David Grush lately, and it all started when he submitted a complaint to the Department of Defense, Office of the Inspector General, back in 2021. We know now about at least one meeting Grush had with them, thanks to new documents released via the Freedom of Information Act. And we have an idea of what was talked about. To my surprise, not only were there very few redactions, but there was a bit of a surprise to go along with it. Stay tuned. You're about to journey inside the Black Vault. That's right, everybody. As always, thank you so much for tuning in and taking this journey inside the Black Vault with me. I'm your host, John Greenwald Jr. And today, as you just heard, we're diving into some new documents that came to me through the Freedom of Information Act straight from the Department of Defense's Office of the Inspector General. Now, for some quick background, if you aren't aware, the UFO whistleblower David Grush in about July of 2021 has sub had submitted a complaint to the DOD's IG about some stuff he was finding when it came to UFOs, UAP, reverse uh, engineering, crash retrieval, uh, biologics, as he referred to them, non-human intelligence. He was seeing all of this stuff and issued a complaint uh, to the DODIG, essentially alerting them that Congress was not made aware a lot of uh, about a lot of these programs. Now, he felt, according to him, that there was some reprisal from that, that they started uh, essentially maybe not treating him right. We don't know the details that, uh, of that. He doesn't like to go into him in the interviews uh, that he has done, simply because he, he uh, I, from what I understand anyway, uh, feels that if he were to go into that detail, it may harm an ongoing investigation. We've we've really kind of very uh, heard very little about that. Um, so there's there's not many details to report. So what I did is I filed multiple FOIA requests on everything that he has said, anything that I could kind of pick up on, uh, maybe find a paper trail of. And one of those things was digging into the Department of Defense Inspector General complaint that he had submitted and any communications that went along with it. Again, the time frame from what we were told was circa July of 2021. Uh, so I filed the request, went after those documents, and to my surprise, some stuff came up. Not exactly what I was thinking, not exactly what I was expecting, uh, but there was some surprises and a little bit of a twist that came along with it. So if you haven't uh, seen this article, I published it a couple weeks ago. It was January 12th, uh, to be exact. And I just uh, sadly just didn't have my new office here set up to where I can create a video for you guys here uh, in the uh, in the video realm versus uh, just the textual one when I publish these articles. So with that being said, I will put the link to the article in the show notes below. It will give some other source links. It'll give a little bit more detail from this video as well, uh, along with the links to the documents that we're about to go over. There's not a whole lot of them, but I think that it's pretty important to go ahead and highlight. So one of the, uh, let me just go ahead and scroll down here to the documents themselves. Now, when I got these things, uh, again, I was kind of more expecting some 
correspondence from and about his complaint. So see his complaint or at least a portion thereof. Obviously, they'll redact some of that and maybe some correspondence about what he had submitted. On the contrary, there wasn't really anything about that, but rather it had tied into the evaluation that the DOD IG was doing that they started uh, back in May of 2021, shortly uh, before the interview with David Grush and when he was communicating with this specific office. And uh, if you're not familiar with that evaluation, I'll, I'll link this as well. But essentially, the, what they were doing was creating what they called it a evaluation on the DOD's actions regarding UAP. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of scope or context or mission objectives on this. So we were kind of left uh, a little bit out to dry when it came to why exactly they were doing this. But we knew that the IG was starting to look into it. Well, unbeknownst to us, the general public, a couple months after, that's when David Grush submitted what he did, and the, the ball started rolling, so to speak, that kind of led to him coming out uh, into the open a couple years thereafter, and essentially um, really creating a little bit of a storm with his claims and, and, uh, and, and what he kind of bombshelled to the world. Very controversial, obviously. Not a whole lot of proof or evidence that went along with his claims, uh, but it has gotten a lot of press. So these documents then were about this evaluation, which I was pretty surprised at. Let me scroll down here. This is the, the FOIA release letter. Anybody can verify these uh, FOIA cases and so on. Don't worry, that's a public address, so I'm not flashing where I live or anything. Uh, but I always appreciate those concerned comments when I flash my address that is public. Uh, so, so no worries there. So let's talk about what first came up. Now, this was a July 12th, 2001 meeting. Uh, we don't know the exact date that David Grush had submitted what he did to the IG. We can only assume since he was on the radar to be interviewed, it was likely prior to that July 12th date. Purpose of this work paper is to document our interview with Major David Grush on July 12, 2021. So obviously the IG sat down with him on that day. We interviewed Major Grush to determine whether he could provide background information that might be relevant to our evaluation. So obviously they were looking at him to pr provide something that could help them about the DOD's actions. Again, we don't know really what the exact scope of this evaluation was or is, so that's kind of the, the, the gray area here where we have no idea what they were really looking for. The overall classification of this meeting was at the top secret, uh, no foreign or no foreign intelligence level due to the vulnerabilities, subject matter discussed, and potential compilation of information. Sources, the interview was conducted on June 12, 2021. Here are the attendees. Now, these are one of the few redactions. Uh, we obviously know Major David Grush was there. And then on behalf of the IG, uh, those are redacted for privacy reasons. That's not uncommon. I wouldn't, again, if you're not used to seeing these types of redactions, it's not really an alarm. I've dealt with a lot of these uh, documents before and agencies very much protect their own personnel. So unless it's their director or assistant director or somebody who's in the news all the time, generally they will redact that under what's called exemption B6. But we at least get to know where they're from within the IG's office of the DOD. Space Missile and Nuclear Division, Research and Engineering Division, Evaluations, 
and uh, the intelligence portion of their evaluations as well. So uh, essentially all from the IG's office, all from different um, you know, departments, if you want to call them that, within their office, and they were all part of this meeting. Now, here's the scope of the meeting. The stated objective of the project is to determine what actions the DOD has taken in regard to UAP reporting and policies. The scope of this interview is to determine what efforts DARPA has published, developed, received, and implemented that is associated with UAP sightings and events. Now, this started to now give a little bit of a scope, very, very briefly, of what the evaluation uh, was, which led to the scope of, of this particular interview. Um, the mention of DARPA and what DARPA had published was kind of an interesting uh, little tidbit there. Uh, but essentially, we got a little bit of a of a peek into what exactly they were looking for. Next section, methodology. The interview was accomplished to gain testimonial evidence from a member of the UAP task force to gain a better understanding into what the DOD has done and should be doing regarding the UAP problem set. The team prepared a list of questions to guide the discussion with Major Grush regarding the DOD's actions taken in response to unidentified aerial phenomena. However, the interview was conducted in less in a less structured manner, allowing Major Grush to provide any information he believed was relevant to our evaluation. All pretty straightforward info. Summary of the interview. On July 12, 2021, we met with David Grush to obtain information he had regarding our evaluation of the DOD's actions taken in response to Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, or UAP. A redacted name recommended that we speak to Major Grush regarding the topic of our evaluation. Refer to the, quote, source tab of his of this work paper for a specific list of the meeting attendees. We've already gone over that. The overall classification of this meeting was at the top secret no foreign level due to the vulnerabilities, subject matter discussed, and potential compilation of information. The remainder of this work paper summarizes the discussion that occurred during the meeting and the statements that were attributed to Major David Grush. Major Grush provided us with general background information on the DOD's actions regarding UAP to his knowledge. Now, here's one of the bigger redactions and um, one that's obviously a much bigger than a name. Major Grush stated that, and then if you're listening to this, there's, um, uh, you know, in total about uh, two or three lines, a uh, full line and then two half lines or so, a little bit more than half. Uh, so we don't know exactly what's under there, but Major Gruff stated that and then a bunch of redaction. He stated that he has been studying UAPs for 15 years and that he serves as the NRO liaison to the UAP task force. This became a very controversial line. When I published the article, I left this alone simply because I have tried but cannot get a response from David Grush myself. So I, I to, to be blatantly honest with you, just didn't want to go ahead and create an accusation that he was lying about this, because this is a clear contradiction to what he has said publicly. So when I read that, I just kind of like to myself, rolled my eyes a little bit and go, okay, I know that I'm not going to be able to get a, a line to him. Um, the only contact information I found for him was bunk. And and I don't do the the stalker, you know, look him up and, and, and find his phone number thing. So um, I know some people that, that, that works for them. I, I don't agree with that. Um, so it, it's well known that I've been wanting to talk to him. I know that for a fact that people have passed on uh, and, and he does not care to reach out, which is fine. That's his right. He doesn't owe me anything. So I left this part out. I, I just didn't want to create, you know, this drama. Well, 
A lot of you are very smart and you pay attention and you noticed it. And it started popping up on social media that it stated he was involved in studying UAPs for 15 years uh, when essentially he was telling everybody that he didn't really have an interest or think about him until, um, you know, much more uh, recent days. So that was a clear contradiction. Now, I'm going to stop reading the document and read something to you. I have tried since this appeared online to verify it. And I'm going to be honest with you and say, I, I, I haven't because I don't have a line to David Grush and I've reached out to Ross Coltart. Uh, he did not respond. Um, sadly, that is uh, not new. I've reached out to him a couple times about David Grush in hopes that either he can help me and assist me in getting answers or put a line to him uh, for me. And uh, neither has been successful. I have no reason to doubt this, though, so I'm going to read it to you anyway. This was, uh, according to Mike Colangelo, given to him through direct message from Ross Coltart. Essentially, Mike, who is a, a, a Twitter user or ex-user uh, who has uh, quite a following, posts a lot of videos, um, a lot of information from, from various angles of this conversation, uh, he had posted this and, and uh, explained that when he reached out to Ross Coltart, he got this, this on-the-record comment in return relating to what I published. So this is what David Grush said. The DODIG FOIA release to Black Vault today highlights an organization proposal to succeed UAPTF that myself and my colleagues developed on our own time before the Aero Office was created. Not only did I brief DODIG evaluations team on this proposal, but I also presented the same chart deck to Senator Harry Reid in April of 2021 in a personal capacity for his guidance. He was very enthusiastic on the idea of a national space lab to receive records and UAP material from exec executive branch agencies who would then federate it out to academia and other partners in a whole-of-government approach. He was going to use the OSAR proposal as a basis of this next discussion with President Biden. The interview reports that I've been studying UAP for 15 years. I have not, and may have misconstrued my total time, in uniform service, cadet plus commissioned officer at the time. And that was from David Grush. The first part of that may not make sense to you if you haven't seen the documents yet. Don't worry, we'll get to that. Uh, I'm just not there yet. But I wanted to make sure that I put this in there, that David Grush has refuted what was in these documents. But I, I will say, and again, this is something that I would love to ask him about. If you look at all this stuff and the summation of what was talked about, there are very few quotes, direct quotes, the use of quotation marks. Interestingly, this was in a quote. So the document states, he stated that he, and then in quotes, has been studying UAPs for 15 years and that he serves as, uh, unquote, and that he serves as the NRO liaison. So whatever, so whatever this was, it came from somewhere. I mean, I'm guessing, you know, these guys, when they do these, uh, these summations and, and so on, they're not just pulling it off the top of their head and making it up as they go when it comes to exact quotations. What does that mean? Who knows? It, look, if, if it was a mistake, then it's a mistake. We'll move on. But I wanted to make sure I got Grush's words in there. Back to the document, Major Grush stated that there was no formal reporting mechanism for reporting UAP observations and initiating investigations. However, he stated that there were some forms that should be emailed to and then the, 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 there was a redaction. 
That's just an, a name, by the way, in case that wasn't clear. Major Grush stated that, in his opinion, the analysis done for the Director of National Intelligence UAP report was not very in-depth. There's another quote, was not very in-depth. Major Grush stated that we should speak with, and then a redacted name, an Air Force point of contact regarding potential recovered UAP materials. Now, this was the most interesting part of this document, because this was the only thing, as you'll see as we go through this, uh, that touched on UAP material of some kind. What we have come to know about David Grush, biologics, non-human intelligence, retreat, crash retrieval programs, uh, all of that was absent from this discussion. Why? I, I mean, I, that, that I don't understand. This was his opportunity to really put in the evaluation by the DOD. Hey, there's some stuff going on here. The DOD has not treated this correctly. They are not informing Congress about this. This is what they're doing. It's illegal. He, he mentions white collar crime in his, um, in his interviews. There's all sorts of stuff that he could have put in here and he doesn't, but this one line did actually allude that someone from the air force had or knew where to get potential recovered UAP material. That to me was really interesting who that is. It would be very, very hopeful, uh, helpful if I knew, uh, or if, if we all knew, uh, sadly, we don't, but at least we got a little bit of a of a hint there. Now, back to the document. Major Gruss stated that he recommended the DOD fund and conduct, quote, red and blue assessments, unquote, of UAP, in addition to establishing a permanent office to investigate what he called strategic anomalies. Additionally, Major Grush provided us with a copy of a briefing regarding a proposed permanent office to handle such strategic anomalies including UAP. Conclusion, Major Grush provided us with general background information on the DOD's actions regarding UAP to his knowledge, updated by, and then again, some redactions there for, for names and so on and so forth. The next part was a little bit of a surprise. This was uh, obviously like a, a PowerPoint presentation or a printout of a presentation, strategic anomaly resolution. But look at this, look at this seal here. Office of Strategic Anomaly Resolution, um, something that was never before revealed. So when I first saw this, I'm thinking, okay, is this a, a government proposal? Uh, the, the thing that I noticed right off the bat, there's no classification markings, which indicates likely not official. Uh, and then if we go back, um, when we go back to his statement, uh, that ended up being correct. So if you remember, let me see here. The proposal to succeed UAPTF that myself and my colleagues developed on our own time. So when I had kind of asked that question in the article for those that uh, that did read it originally, that ended up being confirmed where it was not not official. Uh, but you can see here as we go through the proposal by David Grush for this office, which is you know pr pretty pretty interesting to see. Uh, you can see here with a task force resolution here right in the center. We have one side of the spectrum uh, on the slide for background where you go from green, all are explainable, weather, airplane, balloon, space, debris. But you can kind of see the spectrum of what he's trying to propose. Uh, and we just have to guess a little bit of exactly what went along with the presentation. If he was there, you know, giving some kind of idea uh, for the DOD to, to implement, who knows? 
but you can see here a task force uh, right in the, in the center. A task force is temporary. What should an enduring comprehensive capability look like? So obviously you must have talked about that. Objectives, key questions. What is it? How does it work? Uh, those are the primary questions. Operations and intelligence, research and development. Uh, that's the focus. Secondary, what do we know about it? How do we talk about it? How do we work with others? How do we protect our equities? Enablers, policy, communication, partnership, security. Uh, so again, he's he's obviously got some kind of proposal slash presentation uh, that goes along with all this written stuff. So this isn't a document that should be read by its own. Um, but again, I'll I'll link it in the show notes. I'll stop you know regurgitating and just guessing what these slides fully meant. But you did get a little bit uh, of an idea here. I'll keep scrolling you get a little bit of an idea of where he was going with what he felt uh, should come after the UAPTF. Here are some of the more colorful slides, strategic anomaly and observation resolution or SOAR prototype, knowledge management, and visual, visual, visualization, the goals, create an environment to capture, store, and interact with data in an intuitive and rapid manner, integrate an analytics package to create both standardized and customizable outputs for trend analysis and prediction and prediction incorporate artificial intelligence algorithms to continually assess data quality through association or erroneous data identification project blue book used as first test case so he was really getting into this and trying to create a system where they can just make one central source for all of the data that sounds great there's nothing wrong with that this is uh you know very cool i would have hoped that the uaptf would have tried to do something like this, or at least uh, later the AOI MSG or later Arrow, you know, I mean, they name the acronym. I would have hoped that they would do that where they're bringing all that data together. He uh, put a visualization using Project Blue Book as, as an example. Uh, there were over 10,000 uh, case files. Uh, you know, that's that's roughly, I mean, it was 12,618, um, I think was the exact number. But um, he must have, you know, integrated somehow the locales of all of those cases just to kind of show an example of it. They collected all of these particular sightings, how they could, uh, uh, you know, visually display it, see where those hotspots are, what's problematic, uh, where are weak, weak points and so on. Observations, uh, obviously you can zoom in on these particular cases and then come up with case details. All of this very, very cool and uh, oddly similar to some of the stuff that we are seeing on the private sector side. Uh, you know, those apps that keep coming around that there's a lot of controversy about uh, seem to do exactly this, uh, though I don't think Grush is involved in that um, uh, or those those projects. You know, this is very similar to what people are trying to do in the private sector as well. And in fairness, there's been a lot of us that have created database, myself included, with uh, interactive maps and stuff like that. In fact, if you're not familiar with it, I'll just pull it up so you guys can see it. Uh, there's the MSN uh, news site, so just ignore that for now. But this is actually a very, um, I would say, under-advertised on my end. I don't talk about it a lot. You see up here at the menu on the black vault, these FOIA documents, I have a case files as well. Uh, and you can uh, go through all sorts of different case files. Included on there is a global map, uh, same type of concept where you have, in my case, uh, a couple thousand cases all around. And then you click on the particular locale of where the cases are. Icons stipulate what type of case. Yeah, you click on it and then you can go right in and see what it is. This is uh, uh, a scientific analysis on 
plastic found at Mac Brazel's ranch uh, in Roswell, New Mexico, or just outside of Roswell. So there's all sorts of stuff there. My whole point being is that, the you know, this concept really isn't new, but it would be very fascinating for the U.S. government and military to implement it. And I uh, think that uh, David Grush saw the value of that from an intelligence standpoint. So good for him. Data analytics, so obviously a way to spit out all that data. Federal lab tech exploitation. So again, it, it just kind of keeps going. This is the last slide, but it just kind of keeps going into what his ideas were. So that's a breakdown of what it is. So let's go to what what it wasn't. Where is all the stuff about the complaint, right? Where is the stuff where if he submitted the material to the IG, where is their investigation? Now let's just play some hypothetical here. I think that this meeting took place post what he says he submitted to the IG. So uh, again, July 2021, he submitted all that stuff to the IG. My guess is it goes to the evaluation team. They go, okay, maybe he can add something and they interview him. But where is all the talk about biologics, crash retrieval, uh, non-human intelligence, and really getting into what we know uh, him for, meaning that's what his claims are. That that's That's it. This was his opportunity. Now, that hypothetical, let's just say that this came just prior to him submitting that IG complaint. This was a perfect opportunity for him to say, hey, look, guys, by the way, because it was a top secret meeting, so nobody come back at me and say, oh, they weren't cleared to hear it. No, they, they, they had this top secret umbrella shielding this interview for a reason. So the fact that David Grush just does not say anything whatsoever about that kind of stuff, look, that's a, that's a little bit of a red flag to me. You would think that you would, you would have that. You would think that you would um, mention it, and it's nowhere to be found. Now, I'm not saying that there's anything nefarious with that. But what I am saying is, why not? And that's another one of those really weird things here, because if you look at the timeline, if you look at what he was trying to accomplish, that July 2021 timeframe was getting the IG knowledgeable about what he had discovered through the 40 eyewitnesses that he talked to, which tie into, again, that uh, non-human intelligence or NHI, the crash retrieval program, uh, all of that, all of that stuff, the biologics. None of that is in there. The only mention was the Air Force point of contact regarding potential recovered UAP material. So that's just something to keep in mind. I mean, like he 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 had an opportunity here and didn't take it. So none of that is there. Now, since this request, I have filed a new one because the way that my wording worked and I always uh, it's kind of a double edged sword here, right? If you stipulate a tighter time frame, which I did on this request, that it was circa July 2021, how do they then stop searching? Do they just go to present day or do they only stick around the July 2021 time frame? So I filed an additional request with a wider net and stating you can exclude everything in this particular case, but give me everything that you have uh, on communication, essentially the same wording that yielded this, but with a much broader net uh, when it comes to the time frame. What will come out of that? I really don't know, but uh, it will be interesting to to see what did the IG do post this interview, if anything. Uh, there are other cases that I have, just to give you a kind of a quick tease of what that is. 
they are open on key individuals within the DOD IG office, one or two of which are probably uh, one of these one or two, whoops, I went too far. One or two of these redacted names here uh, on on this particular page. Uh, so you'll be able to to hopefully uh, see a glimpse into not only who was there, but what were they talking about outside of the meeting via email. And those cases strategically target, so to speak, those individuals that were likely involved in the meeting, uh, including some of the upper brass within the IG's office, including the IG himself. Uh, but that being said, uh, hopefully that will yield some even more stuff. So lots of puzzle pieces that are still missing. We have still lots of questions that remain unanswered. And if anybody's watching this and you have a line to David Grush, let them know. I am not interested in making anybody look bad. I just want to try and answer some of those outstanding questions. So if you know them, let them know about this video. Let them know that we're exploring these documents and we're kind of left with a lot of questions and he can offer some unclassified but very helpful context to the conversation. And that's all I'm interested in. Hopefully someone out there, you can help me out. Help, help, do me a solid and get a line to him. I'm pretty easy to find online. So uh, all my contact information goes right to me. The Black Vault is just one single person. You're looking at him. So any contact form he fills out will come right to me. Other than that, we're just left to kind of explore this on our own, ask those questions, throw them out into the cosmos, and hope one day they get answered. But you know I keep digging. I'll keep digging. I'll post those FOIA request responses when they come in, even the denials. But this was a very cool one because, again, no redactions uh, when it came to national security information, which was kind of a weird thing in itself. But, hey, I'll take it when it happens. We got a little bit of a glimpse. That said, thank you so much for listening and watching. If you can, if you're watching on YouTube, Clicking that thumbs up, making sure you're subscribed to the channel is a huge help. If you find the content worthwhile, please spread the word. That's the biggest way that you can help me uh, get get uh, more exposure to this channel and get the message out. All of this information you can find in the show notes below. Feel free to click. If you're listening on a podcast channel, the Black Vault Radio is the title on most any podcast platform of your choice. Just search for that. And if you're listening on one of those I aim for five stars. I won't tell you what to do, but if you can add a review, I'd really appreciate it. I do shoot for the five-star rating as well. All of that is a huge help to the channel. It's good to be back. Thanks for tuning in and watching. This is John Greenwald Jr. signing off, and we'll see you next time.